I am Douglas Little, founder, perfumer, and creative director for Heretic Perfume. You are listening to the I Am Heretic podcast. These podcasts are an exploration of the senses with a focus on fragrance, how it's made, the effects it has, and the incredible people it has led me to meet. For the heretics and the fragranced obsessed, I am thrilled to introduce you to the CEO and founder of Scentbird, Maria Norislamova. Often described as the Netflix for perfume, Scentbird is employing technology to make smarter recommendations to clients and sell perfume at scale. But that's not all. The company is simultaneously building a beloved beauty brand, which is arguably even harder to do. Maria moved to New York City from her native Russia, began a scent blog, and started Scentbird in early 2013. By running a series of scent discovery soirees, these were basically perfume tasting events where she shared her love of fragrance and intoxicated attendees with perfumes often inebriating and hypnotic effects. Prior to starting Scentbird, she was Chief Operating Officer for Noive, an IT outsourcing company, and co-founded Beta Week, an invite-only IT conference based in Moscow. She has a background in applied mathematics, computer science, and marketing, and she is also a speed-reading coach. And friends, if that's not enough, she also danced ballroom professionally for eight years. She is the triple threat, brains, beauty, and endless passion. Please welcome Maria. Thank you so much for having me. It's just such an honor to speak with you. I'm dying to find out why in the world would you want to bring this very peculiar brand called Heretic into the Scentbird family? So tell us a bit about how Scentbird started and what was your motivation? It started with a love of perfume, like I'm sure your company did as well. I love the category since I was a little girl. When I was four years old, I started sneaking away my mom's perfume. And uh, she expressly forbade uh, me doing that because she was very much into like the heavy stuff, like the, the heavy hitters. So like the, the spices and the woods. And as a four-year-old, she felt it was not necessarily appropriate for me to wear that. And I would sneak it in, apply it in the bathroom because I thought if my mom didn't catch me in the act of applying, she would never know that I used her product, but of course it smelled. And uh, there we had it. I got in trouble a lot for that. Um, and then um, I actually, I grew up in Russia, so we were, you know, technically born in the Soviet Union. So I um, hate to say this, but there wasn't a lot of perfume variety. There was like, everybody kind of just wore some of the same stuff, like red Moscow was like the hot thing. Um, and then my um, aunt went abroad and she brought some perfumes from Europe, which kind of totally opened, opened up the world of fragrance to me. I realized that there, you know, there, there could be a range to things that there was such a thing as like fresh fragrances, just like a beautiful beginning for me that I immigrated to the U S uh, you know, long fast forward, you know, was still a, a big, big perfume junkie. Like you could find me in a perfume store. That's what I like to do. But kind of like you, I found the industry intimidating. There was a lot of language still that I felt like all the language around fragrance families um, was not necessarily for your average person. Like you really have to do some research to uh, understand that. And they don't teach you that in school. So uh, the world of fragrance was very much um, um, 
mysterious, despite like how deep you go, right? It's still quite as mysterious. Um, I remember uh, specifically the more I got, because I, I kind of started my journey in the designer, on the designer counter, like as a consumer. And then I started um, broadening my scope and went more niche. And with that, where I shopped actually changed a lot, right? So you, you graduate from a Sephora and you go into maybe like a Saks or a Bergdorf. And uh, I, I would forever remember this trip to a Bergdorf Goodman, where I was the only customer um, on a fragrance floor of, I think, whether we're like 10 or 12 sales assistants. And I've never felt as intimidated in my entire life because I felt like I was the reason that these people may or may not get paid today, whatever commission they were making. And it was just so like, I felt like obligated to make a purchase. And I'm like, oh my God. So like now my perfume game is becoming more expensive because I'm into niche things. They cost a fortune um, because I was also a lot younger at the time and on a budget. And at the same time, I feel like I'm obligated to make a purchase. And so I found myself withdrawing slightly because I was like, well, it's really not a pleasurable experience for me to discover fragrances in the traditional setting because it's intimidating on more ways than one. And also when you feel obligated to make a purchase, that's not really you know, working out too well. Not to mention that human beings, as you well know, have a limited capacity for testing fragrances, right? You smell five things in a row. Next thing you know, they're all blend in into what a, like a, a Sephora smells like when you walk in, which is this nondescript perfumey scent uh, that doesn't, you know, uh, that, that stays in your clothing and in your hair and everywhere. Um, and um, so essentially the roots of Sunbird was, I was hoping that I could discover my next favorite fragrance from the comfort of my couch in my PJs. That was the dream. So we started with a scent recommendation platform, like it's a scent recommender. You would come onto a one page website. That was the ugliest thing you could ever imagine. Truly. I mean it. I mean, it was so bad, <laughs> but you could enter the fragrances that you absolutely loved. And then we would analyze that um, and tell you what are the, the fragrances that you should try next. The very first rendition of that product we actually didn't have a recommender. We just had a splash page where people entered their uh, their favorite fragrances. And then it was Maria, me, uh, who went on and did my research trying to be the recommender behind the scenes. And then we would email them 25. I would email them 24 hours later saying, this is my kind of personal recommendation for you. You are kidding. No, that's how startup grassroots it was. That's amazing. <laughs> it was pretty. Yeah, we had to get pretty scrappy. Uh, and then uh, thankfully we got a CTO and who brought some uh, data science chops and was able to actually recommend fragrances based on, you know, massive amounts of data and not just uh, me, me doing my research. Then what, what happened next was kind of interesting because our early uh, visitors to the website or users of the platform, if you will, were kind of assuming that they would be able to sample through us. That was oh. the assumption that they wouldn't. And they're like, so they, I would get emails asking me, when is Sunbird going to start sampling? And I'm like, what do you mean when? <laughs> That's not a thing. It's right. not a business. I mean, it's, it's like a passion project, if you know what I mean. But they, uh, enough people emailed us that we started thinking, okay, like there may be something here. And then what happened was what I call a year of misery. <laughs> I know. I know. It was a year of misery of my early startup life where we spent 14 months looking for the right sampling model, like mm. the right business model, and three business models failed. 
And it was like literally the blood, sweat and tears uh, quadrupled. Um, and it was sad. And I, I was very close to giving up uh, on this whole idea because at the time we raised uh, $40,000 in investment capital from our first accelerator. And $40,000 felt like a lot of money because when you're just starting up, everything is like $2 is like a lot of money. Uh, $40,000 felt like a lot of money, but we burned through it very quickly because our business models didn't work. So when, when you have like a leaky bucket, it's you know, you're all in the red. And so it was pretty miserable. And so I called up my mentor. His name is Michael and, and, and he uh, he's in Silicon Valley. He's a great investor, a great executive. And I told him, Michael, I think I'm giving up on fragrance uh, because it's just, it's not working. And, and, and he goes like, what do you mean? I'm like, I think I, I was like, my second passion is makeup. Maybe I'll go build a makeup brand. And he was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, that came out of your mouth. <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> and he said, it is because you spent 14 months uh, essentially trying to crack open the code to what it means to sample fragrances digitally. You made every mistake in the book, you know what? And that's fine. And he told me if I were to bet on anyone right now, based on what I know about you, uh, who I felt had the best probability of getting it right, it would be you despite the 14 months of misery. And so I stuck with it and we got our winning business model a week later, which is what Sunburn is today. And that's kind of like quickly the, the story of Sunburn and Nasha. What it ended up being is we figured the winning business model, what the customer actually really wanted is to, uh, what we now coin as date perfumes before marrying them, right? Or date uh, colognes, uh, which essentially is um, a 30 day supply of a fragrance they could live with, they could wear, they could, mm. you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, put on, go to work, see how their coworkers react, see how their family reacts, see if it gives them a headache. So it's it's almost like an you know an interim step between this like free sample that you may get uh, you know with purchase at a Sephora and like the full size. So we what we discovered is that there is an interim step in the customer journey mm -hmm. that if that step is missing, enough people are not going to make a leap and buy a full size. And especially that is especially true for fragrances that are maybe not immediately likable. Mm -hmm. Like there are other sets that sometimes you need to live with them. Sometimes they need to sit with them or especially the ones that open up and their dry down is, you know, very, very different or maybe not love at first sight. We find that business model like Sunbird and a business like Sunbird really gives every fragrance a chance because of the format. And, and, and that's kind of, and the rest is history. And then our customers really liked what we launched. And a lot of it was kind of like what they call viral growth in startup language and startup tongue is word of mouth. Essentially, we had a lot of word of mouth and and Sunbird has really gone through a bit of metamorphosis. I've got a lot of business questions that I want to ask you. And then I think for, you know, obviously our listeners who are deeply entrenched in the world of perfume, you're going to have some incredible insight to shed on trends and what's currently happening. But winding backwards to the beginning or to where Sunbird was and now where Sunbird is, what I remember of Sunbird from a while back, let's wind it back maybe two years. Let's go pre-COVID because that doesn't count at all. It felt like the fragrances that Sempered focused on were more mastige or mass fragrances. And it really feels like you and your team have shifted focus and are really going after really interesting niche perfume houses. Is this a strategy? You know, because obviously I think a lot of people from the outside and, and if you look at a business model, you're doing something extremely unique already. So why would you then want to even slice that pie down further and take out, you know, people that are looking for mastige? 
why would you want to eliminate that or why would you want to deviate or give the customer more options? So can you explain a bit about your reasoning behind that? Totally. So I think Simber takes customers on a journey. I think our customer may come through a very well-known designer fragrance or, you know, what you would refer to as mastige, something, I don't know, like pink bottle, pink bow, very sweet, right? That's what like they, they get through the door. And then on their journey with us, right, they're really here to discover. And, you know, what we notice is through the journey of discovering and smelling and really being immersed in a category, which happens almost organically because we deliver fragrances every month. And so for a lot of customers that used to be in the world where fragrance was an afterthought, mm. all of a sudden it's front and center for, 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 you know, for their lifestyle. And they're becoming a lot more intentional. They're starting to do a lot more research. For instance, we have a, a fragrance queue, right? As, as part of kind of like our subscription where you can drag and drop perfumes in the order that you want to receive them. And so we noticed that um, our customers spend quite a significant amount of time doing research on our website and off our website also to try to figure out what is the next thing that goes in their queue, right? So they're becoming really, really deliberate about their choices they're making. And one thing that we've noticed is that over time, the longer they stay with Sunbird, A, the more sophisticated their scent palette becomes, right? So they're just becoming a lot more open. All of a sudden, you know, they're not just going for your traditional sweet fragrance. They're like, what else is out there? Right. You know, I already have that pink bottle with a pink bow and I love it, but I'm here first, like excite me, inspire me, tell me what else I should be wearing. Right. All of a sudden they're open, open to trying on things that they would not have otherwise tried. And they're open to the art of perfumery. Uh, and they're almost expecting us to tell us uh, what's interesting, what's trending, what's new, what's good, and what they should be smelling. And that is a big opportunity because I've always loved the art of perfumery. And I'm like, this is my in. This right. is my golden opportunity to introduce them to the things that are truly phenomenal and one of a kind, rare and unique, um, maybe with limited distribution or, you know, again, when that artistry truly comes out or the personality of the creator truly comes out where they're not going for that commercial success, but they're just looking for their tribe. Right. And that is the perfect timing to introduce those fragrances. Right. And um, obviously, that you know, our best customers are, are the kinds that are more experimentative and that are open to new things. And I think that's the answer to your question where, you know, we may get them through the more traditional avenue, but as we educate them, they're becoming more sophisticated as they're becoming more sophisticated. All of a sudden the original assortment that they were interested in, they're no longer, maybe it's not that they're no longer interested, but they're open to other things. All of a sudden they discover something that's unique. All of a sudden that becomes their new signature. All of a sudden they tell their friends about it and they become like a little bit of like a, an influencer, like a perfume influencer with their social group. Right. And so now they feel good because they're in the know. And that's why. For a customer's journey, what is the membership and how does it work? So when you want to join Sunbird, you would go to sunbird.com. You would uh, generally take you through a perfume quiz that um, takes some information about the things you like and the things you don't. And then we do provide recommendations. And then you you would subscribe and, and you get to select, you know, one, two or three fragrances a month is essentially the plans that we have. And then you get to fill your queue with whatever fragrances that catch your eye. You know, they, they may come from the list that we recommend but our website is also built for browsing. And so we have certain features. We have um, a smart filtering feature, which we call smart search. And it really allows customers to uh, browse based on certain criteria that they have. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, For instance, you could be looking for something that is 
uh, good for the summer, office appropriate, and, you know, a floral, for mm. instance, right? And these are the three things that you really care about. We have this visual search that would enable you to click like three pictures and we could filter our whole assortment based on, on your search criteria. Now, what's interesting is our own community powers what we recommend in this in, in this regard. So when a standard customer receives a fragrance in their monthly package, they uh, are then prompted via an email and a push notification to go and rate that fragrance and let us know how they loved it. And But we ask them to rate it not just like zero to five stars or just give us like a text review of what you felt. We also ask our customers to let us know what uh, season do they think this fragrance fits best? You know, what emotion does it exude? You know, what personality does it have, et cetera, et cetera. So there are multiple buckets that our customers are asked to pre-fill. And we then take that customer data and power our filters through the data. So it's essentially the community that helps to shape it. Absolutely. Wow. And so it's, it's interesting. It's also a self-regulating community. Like people write a lot of reviews on Sunbird and, and they also like police other users that may just may have review or like sometimes you would have these debates going on and you really hated the fragrance and then this other person chimes in and they're like no you don't get it it's so good so there's also a lot of like uh, reviews on how we collect them in, in terms of the browsing experience for the people but yeah you essentially would pre-fill your queue based on all of these features that we have you know you can also look at newness and best sellers and you could look at your traditional fragrance families as well right because some people really are aware of, of those and you know shop by fragrance family although not enough people do and then essentially you get your package in the mail and you know uh, again you're encouraged to review so your recommendations improve over time and and, and that is the experience of Sunbird. And what is the cost? It's $15.95 for one fragrance. And then it kind of goes up from there. And we have multiple add-ons. So there are really a lot of plans, depending on if you want to pay for three months, six months, et cetera. But it starts at $15.95. That's fantastic. And so you then receive what size of the sample fragrance? It's eight milliliters, uh, which we have we've done a lot of testing. It is uh, scientifically proven to be the best uh, measure of like a 30 day supply of fragrance. Perfect. Yeah. No, eight, eight yeah. ML is great. Cause it's, it's enough that you can wear it multiple times, but it's not too much that you don't feel like you're wasting it. So it's a really, that is a perfect size. And I know that recently you have been looking at, have you launched it? I'm hoping, hopefully I'm not pulling something out that I shouldn't. I believe you have some really exciting carrier containers that you're offering. Don't worry about it. But um, this is something that we're going to launch in 2022. So, so it's coming. Something to look it. forward to. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. Sorry about that. So listeners, keep your eye out. It's really, really, I, I saw some, I just saw some renderings that were so cool. So I was really excited to, to see that. And I think it's really smart, you know, what you're doing and about, you know, ways that you're, I think, engaging the customer to travel with it. And, you know, I think that as hopefully, you know, as the we start to unwind COVID and, you know, people finding their vaccinations or, you know, finding their peace and safety that uh, we'll all get to start traveling the globe again. And, you know, I think that obviously fragrance is such an important part of the wardrobe for so many people. So that'll be very exciting to see what you do with that. Now, Again, winding back, let's say two years to Scentbird then and then Scentbird now, the one thing I've also seen you do is a massive overhaul to your website. I mean, it's just beautiful. The new website looks so fantastic. But the one thing that I found very fascinating is that Scentbird now feels 
much more androgynous. I'm going to use that word. Whereas two years ago, it felt distinctly feminine. And now it feels like it really is this, this wonderful balance of, of masculine, feminine energies, uh, and also the typography, the use of color, imagery. Do you find that fragrance right now, that it's going through a metamorphosis, and especially because you deal with so many different brands? I mean, I can speak to niche, all day long because it's what I do and I know what's happening within niche but you know for larger the the broad broader strokes do you feel that there is a there is a change in the perception of the way fragrance is being marketed to either masculine or feminine well I definitely I, <clears throat> I think in the industry we're seeing the merging of the lines a little bit kind of like across the board um and that is such as the times right um um, and, and that is why you're seeing Sunbird evolve in, in that uh, direction as well. And ultimately, I think both you and I would agree that fragrance in and of itself is gender neutral and it is just a matter of preference, right? There is, you know, yes, there are traditionally aromatic fougeres are more the masculine territory, but hey, we don't discriminate, right? <laughs> right? Uh, some of uh, my favorite uh, fragrances are the ones that have historically been marketed to men mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm completely fine with that. So I think we're just evolving with the times. Again, like this comes with the ter- territory of like putting the artistry of perfume forward instead of like putting a gender identifier forward. Right. And um, I think if anything, Sunbird has always been about good fragrances, about good scent, right? And we're um, that's why uh, we could get away, you know, sampling in essentially the exactly same vial across the board, right? Because it's all about the scent and the artistry of scent. And if that's the case, then we've kind of decided to, you know, bring everything under the same more gender neutral umbrella, because that defines the future we believe for fragrance. And in general, um, the world is becoming a lot more androgynous as, as we go. Absolutely. I can tell you, I mean, I have, you know, no qualms. I've worked with many big department stores with Barney's and with Bergdorf Goodman. And I've been in many marketing situations where I've had to really put on a more feminine uh, aesthetic and then others where I, I get to slip into a more masculine aesthetic. I can tell you that on your website now, I felt as a as a dude, I felt very comfortable shopping. I didn't feel that it was too feminine. It felt like I could I could easily, you know, uh, find my way through it and which was really lovely and I think that you've done a beautiful job with that. I want to ask you about your ratio of masculine feminine customers. So do you have a male customer that's currently shopping the the Scentbird? Yes, <clears throat> 40% of our customers identify as male. Great. Um yeah. So it's it's a fairly I mean it's it's a fairly significant yeah. uh, amount, right? So we definitely we care a lot about um, our male consumers, we're very cognizant about, you know, not alienating them by any stretch of imagination. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. I think that that's, again, it's just a real sign of the times. And when I get these younger clients that are coming to me, these younger male clients and, and they sit down and they're so interested in presenting the not only a, the best side of themselves aesthetically, but I think also they're really they're really asking a lot of questions about how can I also improve my state of mind? How can I also improve, you know, different aspects of uh, really, you know, not only the the outside, but also the inside. And fragrance is a really interesting dialogue into that world, which I'm sure it's one of the reasons you love it so much uh, as well. Absolutely. And on that note, um, I was actually, <clears throat> so going back to the COVID, um, crazy COVID year 2020 that, um, we kind of, you know, now it's in the past, but um, a lot of people, a lot of our investors even expected Sunbird's business to 
um, really suffered during the pandemic, we actually saw the reverse. And we started studying because essentially the, the assumption was that people are going to stop wearing fragrances if they don't go out, right? The assumption was like the, the category usage is going to go tremendously down. And in fact, what we noticed is more usage, more people upgrading to more fragrances a month, like people staying with the platform longer during that time. And so we started doing research into like their habits and kind of like why people use fragrances. What we're seeing is over the years, more and more people, the trend is going towards people saying, I'm wearing the fragrances for myself mm-hmm. instead of I'm wearing it for others or like to attract another or to please another, what mm-hmm. have you. Right. And if, if they're wearing for themselves, it used to be that a lot of women uh, used to say that, that like I'm wearing for myself. A lot of men used to say I'm wearing to please others. And now across the board, more people are like, no, it's just me, myself and I, and I care about how I feel. Yep. And so a lot more people I think are using fragrances to boost their mood and to get themselves into a better mental and emotional state. And it, you know, it's, it's an honor for us to, to be able to, to help uh, with that as well. That's right. I mean, what is the saying? You can't, uh, you can't love someone else until you learn how to love yourself. And I think that that really rings true with this. You know, I recently just, just went into a blending session with a client and uh, she sat down and, and she said, well, you know, I, I asked her, I was like, you know, what are the odor profiles that you gravitate towards? And are there any specific notes that you love? And she was like, well, you know, my husband really loves citruses. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's great that your husband likes citruses, but what do you like? And she was like, I really like woods. And I said, so, you know, let's not, I was like, let's not discount what your husband might like. But I said, first, you need to love this fragrance. And I said, if you love that fragrance, you will aesthetically change the, your behavior. When you put it on, you're going to feel more confident. You're going to, you're going to remember this experience. It's going to become something that's, that's a much deeper connection. So it's really great to hear that it's all the way, you know, that it's going all the way up through the flagpole into Scentbird. It's really, it's a fantastic thing to find out about. Obviously, I want to ask you about why in the world would you want to bring Heretic into the fold with Scentbird? I mean, obviously, I'm extremely honored. And you said something earlier that I thought was really poignant, which was about finding your tribe. And I think that a lot of perfumers, you know, you either get into this industry because you're a, you're an artist and you're doing this from the fact that you want to make beautiful art. And it just happens to be in the form of this liquid. Or you do this because you're like, you're very, you're very sharp and you've got a very clean idea of what you want to do as far as, okay, this is my market. This is what I'm going to do. This is the price point, And this is how I'm going to be able to win this, win this race. And I can definitely tell you, I am, I am not that person. Unfortunately, I wish I was, uh, I'm doing this because I love this art form and I'm deeply, deeply passionate about it. And I deeply want to share my knowledge with other people because I know how much this has helped me grow as a human and allowed me to become, you know, I just, I feel like it's a constant, uh, I always use this, this analogy of alchemy and this kind of idea of transformation from lead to gold. And I feel like perfume is so that. It's not only from the the like the true concept of it, of how you take these materials and you work with them, you put them back together, they transform into something else, but then also about the personal journey that fragrance can take you on and like the way that it can really inspire and the way that it can connect you to sensuality and it connects you to making you feel, you know, very chic and, you know, all of these different emotions that can come with, with fragrance. So with that being said, how did Heretic even get on your radar? Oh my God. I, I don't even remember how I discovered you guys. It may have been through Goop. It may have been through another, um, dot com. 
And then I just tried a few of your travel sprays just as a consumer. I went on the, on your website and, and tried it. And, um, and then the first three arrived, I completely fell in love with your creations, like literally biggest fan. Um, I think like half of my vanity now is heretic, which I know is, is kind of like calling, calling favorites a little bit. Uh, and I know I'm supposed to be very impartial and I am in, you know, I, I love all our brand partners equally, of course. Um, <laughs> just to put it out there. Um, on that note, I really love heretic because I think that your approach is very different. Um, I think it came uh, at a very interesting part of my life as well. Um, I got into, you know, meditation and wellness and spirituality and that that's been kind of like a big journey for me. And uh, when you do that, you start getting into essential oils uh, on top of everything else. Now, of course, with essential oils, the fragrances that you get are not that sophisticated. I mean, even the blends, they are, I mean, they may be good for a yoga session or like a meditation, but do they really make me feel put together when I'm at a business meeting or whatever else I'm doing? They, they really don't. And so I was looking for something that is a fine fragrance that will give me the feeling of being aligned and at the same time is going to have that refined feel of a fine fragrance. And I have not really found anything other than heretic, to be honest. Like that's why I think that you guys are really the only game, um, um, from that perspective. And so I, I really, I, I think you're just the, the, the juices themselves, like the fragrances themselves, they feel very natural, but again, very sophisticated. Um, and so next thing I know is I ended up buying, I think like ev literally every travel spray of every single thing that was available. <laughs> and I'm like, that's how I'm going to like sample it and totally got, um, you know, my husband into it as well. And he is a big fan. He stole my scandal wood from my vanity and I never saw my scandal wood again. <laughs> I can help you with that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I totally fell in love with Naked Rose. I feel like Naked Rose is just beautiful and it gets me into a creative space. Mm. Um, I have found that I love the rose in general, but I think the way you, you, um, you put that together, like in a composition in Naked Rose really uh, gets my uh, heart space going. So I think it gets me into a very, very creative space very quickly. And um, that's why I also use it as kind of like part of aromatherapy, if you will, uh, but part like an alignment tool. Well, while also it's a fine fragrance, so it's part of kind of like an identity, I guess, as well. But I really love Heretic. I really love what you guys, how innovative you are. And I do appreciate the challenge because I think when you're working with natural materials, it's you know, the materials are quite expensive. They may not potentially last as long, but it comes with a territory because, right. you know, you don't necessarily use all of these things that, the, uh, that, you know, people use in the industry to make things last longer. So I appreciate that challenge, but um, I'm a believer that there is going to be a big, big movement. Yeah, and um, I think the consumer is going to come around um, towards more natural fragrances in the future. So that is why we, I really wanted to bring Heretic in, in because I think like, it's almost like the platform would be incomplete without you guys. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, that, <laughs> wow. What a, what a testimonial. That's really beautiful. Thank you very much. It sounds like you're extremely knowledgeable with the analytics and, you know, the back end of the way that your website works and and kind of monitoring the way the customer behavior is. Have you been finding that customers are looking for natural fragrances or asking for safe synthetics or how did this conversation start? I will tell you that um, the American consumer is maybe a little bit slower on the pickup compared to the European consumer when it comes to clean and natural. Uh, when we pulled our customers 
Uh, the vast majority just cares that, you know, as long as the fragrance smells good, you know, whatever goes in it, I don't care. But um, you have this 10 to 12 percent of, you know, I think the U.S. population as well as like our consumer that really start getting into like the clean and the natural movement and understanding the why behind it. And for those people, you know, it becomes like a matter of principle that that's the only thing that they're going to consume mm-hmm. from then onwards. Right. And um, it's for them, it becomes kind of almost like black and white. Like if, if that's not clean or natural, they're not going to put that on their skin. Right. And so we um, given mm-hmm. that <clears throat> at Sunbird, we really strive to curate our portfolio so that you know, even the most discerning consumer can find something for themselves. Um, it was like a must have and not a nice to have for us to develop a clean category. Because again, for those, like it's a smaller chunk of consumers, but they're very passionate about it. And, and they're very intent right. on changing their purchasing habits. So yes, uh, those people are yeah. very vocal. They would contact customer support and they're like, do you have this, that, or the other thing? Can you bring know this brand or that brand or i'm missing the assortment is not big enough i would like to stay on but i run out of things to try in the clean category so like we've had those and so we've definitely uh very intentionally expanded and we're going to keep doing that for sure that's great oh that's really that's very exciting to hear uh, I, I love that you guys are are being brave and charting new territory with this it's really it's really really exciting you get to see everything all of it, all the time. I mean, you're, you're obviously you search out trends, you know, really and truly, I couldn't ask a better person. So I really want to hear from you. What do you think the new thing is in fragrance? Have you seen, um, have you seen some categories? Have you seen some notes? Have you seen ideas that are percolating that are coming? Obviously, I take my hat off to Lalabo for making the, you know, the Santal turn into something that I think probably even surprised Lalabo that about its success and it, and how rampant it became. I hear a lot of customers when they come in, they they say, you know, I love my Santal and I'm looking for kind of the next 2.0. What do you think the next big trend is in fragrance? I will tell you that the American consumer is becoming a lot more open to woods. And I, I mean female consumer, because I think the male consumer has always been there. And it's interesting that you're bringing up since 1233. So we did uh, a research um, internally. We wanted to understand what are the most unisex notes that are used in perfumery today. And we found that there are 12 most unisex notes out of which six were citruses and six were woods, <laughs> which kind of makes sense, right? Uh, if you think about it, because yeah, citruses go uh, on the top notes literally across the board, but the woods is the more interesting and you would have cedar wood in there actually. So if you're asking me, was this uh, the 2.0 mm-hmm. of Santal 33, I will tell you a cedar fragrance. Essentially women love it too. And I think to make something a commercial success, mm-hmm. if it's a wood, you would need the female population to be all in on it. That's why I think I'm I'm very bullish about cedar and white woods um, as well. So a lot of woody fragrances coming front and center, whereas it used to be that the American consumer was all floral for some time, like on the female side. And now I think they're really um, a lot more open to like experimenting with the woods. And we're even seeing that um, we have brought a couple of niche brands that are in the woody space that literally like their whole business premise, their whole brand premise is based in woods. And we're noticing even year over year, um, like, 
couple of years ago, if we were to feature like very broadly a woody fragrance for women, we would get reviews in like in the three range, like three stars. Um, sometimes if it's like a, a dry wood, even two something stars, like women were not really going for dry woods hmm. at all. And now what we're seeing is actually a lot of woody fragrances, including on the drier side, are starting to rank four stars for women. And I think that's very interesting. I don't know what's happening. There's something in the water, as they say, but there is definitely a trend that I'm seeing. So I'm very bullish on woods. So um, that, that's kind of just, um, I think, what's, what's new and interesting um, and, and trending. And I think within the niche space, I can definitely tell you, you know, we launched, uh, we launched Dirty Hinoki and it has been just an extraordinary success. And I think Hinoki, you know, obviously a cedar in the cedar family. It really speaks to it kind of ticks off all those boxes because it has these very bright citrusy notes from the from the delimonene in it. And it has these, you know, really incredible kind of soft, buttery, almost sandalwood like notes in it as well. You know, it feels fresh and and light, but at the same time, it also feels very anchoring and, and grounding, which is really nice. So uh, are you also seeing a big uptick in Hinoki uh, fragrances through Scentbird? Um, I think Hinoki is a newer trend. Um, I've seen it um, kind of like starting to pick up. Um, we don't carry, uh, we don't carry too many. I think we maybe carry like one or two Hinoki led blends. So I don't think that's enough for me to like make an educated decision about the trend per se. But I, I think Hinoki, to your point, is definitely in the um, like what I would. I, I agree, it kind of fits into that cedar wood like. Uh, territory. So um, I would personally be very bullish about that doing very well on the market. And I, I and I love, I love your Hinoki fragrance, by the way. Oh, now, thank first, you. I may be biased at this point, so what do you know? And I also love Bergamosk. I was oh, like, thank you. That's so awesome. good. Really new one. That one took me a long time to to bring forwards. And I'm a huge fan of bergamot uh, and really trying to find new ways of interpreting bergamot. That fragrance for me, I wanted to do something that had a bit of a nod to the 90s. So I played with some notes that were a little out of my comfort zone. And I think it, it really came across in an interesting way. So thank you again. That makes makes me feel really good that I'm doing something right. <laughs> yeah. And for a citrus forward fragrance, it lasts quite long, which I know does, is always yeah. a challenge with citruses, right? Because they evaporate three minutes in. They're like, okay, that, that, that was a beautiful top note, but I can no longer smell it. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Do you have anything that you're seeing as far as in the next couple of years? Do you feel like the wood trend is going to be the thing that we're going to see for the next few years? Uh, or is there a, another note that you feel is going to, and you're right, it's interesting that you talked about the florals because I've seen this very interesting, almost mass exodus of florals um, across the board. It's like no one wants to talk about them anymore. And so it makes me wonder whether the pendulum will swing, you know, the other way and that, you know, something unusual like um, Osmanthus or, you know, something that's a really different take on florals may potentially become trendy again. But uh, is there anything that you're seeing that might be an outlier that, that we should be keeping our eyes on? Um, I will tell you that um, if, you know, if I were to make predictions and I don't have a crystal ball, but, you know, um, I'll, I'll just um, use my intuition. Um, I think what another interesting direction, uh, if we're going um, outside of woods, would actually be fruits paired with spices. Um, I think we saw that with bitter peach with Tom Ford. And uh, obviously, I think Tom Ford can put anything in the bottle and people would buy it. That There's that. But um, brands like that also have like a very uh, big uh, propensity to create trends. 
And I think the American consumer, obviously, like your, you know, your fruity florals is, is kind of like, you know, uh, was part of that floral movement for women specifically. But I think that at this point, there's a little bit of fatigue with like same old, same old, right? And I think like actually taking a very nice like cherry or peach or like a lychee uh, note and pairing it with something that's like tart or spicy almost like brings like a very, like a new olfactive territory, what, which feels halfway familiar because everybody's familiar with the fruits and it's a very loved category, but <clears throat> it creates that new face and like that spike that like almost like you didn't expect. And at the same time, it almost like introduces and opens the consumer's eyes to the, the whole new category of spicy ambery fragrances that they may not be using. Right. So I actually think that, um, I, I would, I think that definitely could be a trend. I think we'll see more creations come through in the, in the fruity, spicy category, which is not a thing, but it is a thing. Absolutely. Um, no, absolutely. Actually, I've been t- tinkering with a yuzu fragrance, which is a combination of yuzu and shiso leaf. So it's exactly what you're talking about. It's that the kind of peppery quality that comes forwards from the shiso the herbaceous um, and kind of verdant aspects of the basil that's that's so predominant in shiso and then melding it with the kind of bright, um, like really puckering yuzu rind. Uh, I think that is the future for citrus fragrances is really, you know, finding these kind of ways to bring forward their fire, but keep them fresh and invigorating, especially in places like Florida or in California uh, and, you know, on the East Coast in the summer when it starts to get really warm and sticky. And I avoid the saccharine citruses because I think it just starts to feel very cloying. And there's something about these, the sharp notes of um, some of the peppers and, you know, some of these spices that really, you know, it, it feels good. You, you feel really energized, especially like if you've had a great workout, you know, it's something that you can easily connect with. So it's good to hear you, you validated another interesting point today. Now we can candy coat this if you want to, but I'm going to push you to get outside of your comfort zone. So would you be open to sharing with guests your most erotic fragrance memory? Oh my God, my most erotic fragrance memory don't even know if I have one. I'm like such a boring person. Man, I, I need to... Like... It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be erotic. It can just be if there's a fragrance memory that really stands out for you, that's something, you know, that from your childhood or, you know, from being an adult, that is something that's tied to fragrance that was like a pivotal moment for you. I am very much into lavender and that is because my mother used to have this like lavender, like oil, um, like a massage oil that she used on me somehow every time that I was sick and I needed comfort. And so like I associate lavender with comfort, probably one of the, like the most special scent memories, but I also love the scent of fresh cut grass. Uh, because it reminds me of my grandpa's home in, in the, he lived in the countryside and he had um, like cattle and, you know, we had to feed them. Um, and so I don't know, there's something about like the fresh cut grass that now is going to go to dry and be stored away for the long Russian winter um, that really brings me home like no other. So it's, uh, yeah, I have a little bit of an herbaceous taste <laughs> fragrances because of that as well. 
Yeah, I would say that with your with your Russian background, there's I mean, Russia has got I mean, Russia is like there's I don't know that there's any other culture that is so steeped in so much scent. You know, I mean, it's just every everywhere you turn, there's some new, amazing, olfactive aspect of, you know, the teas or the way that the uh, the houses, the varnishes that they use on the floors to preserve the woods, like everything is like these really, really beautiful, beautiful um olfactive uh, experiences. When I visited, I was so overwhelmed. It was like, I, I, I felt so strange because all I wanted to do was smell everything and all the surfaces. And, uh, and I'm sure people thought I was completely crazy, but even like the smell of, of, uh, winter at night there, like for me, there was a very specific smell of the night, you know, and it, it had the smell of the smoke and how cold the air was. Like, it's a very, very unique thing. Maria, I just can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this interview with us. And I can't express to you enough how grateful I am that you brought Heretic into the fold with Scentbird. And we're so, so proud to be a part of it. And I hope um, that we get the opportunity of having another discussion in the near future. Likewise, this was so much fun for me. And again, big fan of what you're doing and looking forward to your user launch. (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll be sending you some to get some feedback. (laughs) Perfect. And thank you so much for having me. Uh, if anyone's interested, how do they find Scentbird? Oh, well, we're on Scentbird.com. It's actually very easy. You just go in your browser and type it in. Or, you know, you could connect with us on, on Instagram. We're Scentbird everywhere. It was like a, a name that I came up with in three seconds. Uh, and it just happened <laughs> to be unique. And that, you know, it's, it's very simple. We all own the domain. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks again, Maria. Thank you.